Hey, friends. If you're enjoying the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. And thanks for listening. Hey, what's up? It's Robin Smith, and it's time for the Robin Smith Show for Sunday, August 22nd. I had to think there for a second. 2021. What's up, everyone? Uh, this show, uh, coming in low energy. This show is a really, really tough topic. So welcome to the show. If this is your first time, Jesus, if this is your first time listening, you picked a hell of an episode. Um, you might want to... You might want to go to like the next one or, you know, there's not one right now, but if you're listening, you know, months from now, whatever, or you might want to go listen to another one. This is a heavy one. This is not, there's no interview. There's no guest. Um, <laughs> this is meta, right? Or not meta. This is, um, uh, I'm recording this late. Uh, there are so many reasons to delay recording this episode. In fact, I talked about recording this content many, many months ago, there was a show. I don't know if it was Valentine's day or election Eve or one of them. It was one of the ones Joe Ruminski was on and a former guest of the show, guest of the podcast, friend of mine. And something happened where we were talking and, uh, the group was talking. It was a Monday night group, uh, podcast episode. And the topic came up about like kids on the internet and um and i associated to uh, an episode of the making sense podcast that uh i had heard months before that and i felt strongly to say hey like anyone who's a parent out there you know you need to know about this you really really need to know about this and um so i referenced it at the sh- in the uh, that show many many months ago i said i'll do a podcast on that okay man you don't have to listen to the whole thing i'm just going to do an abridged version of it well that's what this is and if you don't know what i'm talking about yet it's child sexual abuse okay so um uh we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about that um i basically Sam Harris's podcast, the making sense podcast, um, has an episode called something, I think it's called the worst pandemic. It's episode, uh, yeah, the worst pandemic, um, his making sense podcast episode number 213. If you want to deep dive into child sexual abuse, um, then you can skip this entire thing. And you, I would strongly recommend going and listening to that episode of the making sense podcast. But this this episode of the Robin Smith show is really just a condensed version of what you need to know. Okay. If you don't, if you don't want to know all the details. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, there's like other shit to talk about, but like, I don't really want to, I really want this episode to just kind of stand on its own, um, and not be affiliated with other events and things going on. So, uh, yeah. So, that's that's kind of it at the top and um yeah let's let's listen to the in, the transition music and let's get right into it again um if you're going to listen to this episode all the way through uh congratulations you've got a strong stomach and also i i'm like i want you to you know what i'm saying i don't really mean to sound like i'm discouraging people but like it's just 
you need more people need to know about uh, this topic and specifically like what's actually happening to kids. So, all right, brace yourselves and let's go. Let's go through this together here. Probably should have mentioned this at the top. Uh, so the name of the um, Sam's uh, guest for that episode is Gabriel J X Dance. Um, so Sam interviews him, and he is a deputy investigations editor at the New York Times, where he works with a small team investigating all things technology, from online child sexual abuse imagery to the companies that trade and sell our data. Uh, previous to the Times, uh, Gabriel was a founding managing editor at the Marshall Project, where his work focused on the criminal justice system and the death penalty in particular. Um, before that, Gabriel uh, was interactive was an interactive editor uh, for The Guardian, where he was part of a group of journalists who won the 2014 Pulitzer Prize for public service for coverage of widespread secret surveillance by the NSA. Um, so primarily, you know, th- what's going to happen here is I just listened to that podcast, uh, the making sense podcast and took notes. And I'm going to give you a condensed version of what's in that show. Um, for those of you who just want to kind of the quick and dirty of the, what you should know about and how to spread awareness and how to protect children. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm just going to read you my notes. Okay. Uh, so there's a New York times, uh, has a tip line that Gabriel helped to set up in 2016. Um, They received a tip from a man on Bing um, looking up, uh, quote, bullet weights. Um, He typed typed this in, and all of a sudden um, he's seeing images of children being sexually assaulted. And uh, so he he and his team reported this to Bing, the search engine, and it it was weeks. it, weeks went by and the images were still up there. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but this is child sexual abuse online is one of the only crimes that you have to report. If you see it, you don't have to report a murder. If you see it, um, if you see child sexual abuse online, you have to see it. Um, if you Google child pornography, they will return messages telling you that this is an illegal thing to look for and will provide you resources if you're inclined to look at this material. Um, there's active, in other words, there's active messaging around people trying to access this imagery. Um, Gabriel didn't want to end up on some list, but as an investigative reporter, he wanted to make as much noise about the story, and um, he let the, the Bing story. And so he let law enforcement know that there wasn't anything else really going on. Um, no one as you can imagine, no one really wants to talk about this subject. Um, the there's a, so there's a cyber tip line, um, that is run by the national center for missing and exploited children, uh, commonly referred to as NCMEC. So that's N C M E C. Um, by the way, I, I, I just want you to know as a listener, 
much of what you're going to hear here is, uh, you know, this is notes. So that it might, there's part of it might be a little nonlinear or you might be missing some context. So like I said, the full episode, go, go listen to it, but this is just the short version. Okay. Um, uh, the iPhone. Okay. The iPhone is introduced in 2008. Uh, there's high quality cameras. There's broadband connections by about 2014. They, um, they break a million reports for the first time. They being the national center for missing and exploited children. They break a million reports for the first time. And that's a big jump. So just to give you an idea, um, in 2013, there were less than half a million reports. Uh, 2015, there's over 4 million reports. By 2018, we're at 18.5 million reports of child sexual uh, abuse, these images being found. Um, so the numbers are growing exponentially. Uh, there are reports to the National Center. More than 99% of the reports come from Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, but each report can contain a number of files. So this is not, just to clarify this point, this is not a one-to-one. So when there, when we're talking about 18.5 million reports in 2018, that does not mean there was 18 million pieces of content found. In fact, there were 45 million pieces of content found in 2018. And it was about split between images and videos. Um. The numbers in 29, for 2019, the number of actual reports received by the National Center went down, but the number of files reported was just under 70 million. Uh, the number of videos detected are exploding. Um, this is because Facebook started scanning aggressively for videos in late 2017. Uh, by 2019, they were responsible for the majority of the video reports. Um, Facebook and any other company online that has images or videos is infested with this content. And Facebook is one of the leaders in reporting this content. Um, yeah, just, just if you're listening right now and you're like, I don't know how much more I can deal, you know, I can, I, I want to listen to this. Let me just say it at the top. Um, if you want to be a part of the solution, uh, you can donate money to Nick Mick. Um, uh, that's hold on. Yeah, the, uh, that's missingkids.org. Okay, missingkids.org. And I didn't realize this. Um, I think I found this out like a couple of years ago. My my birthday is actually on National Missing Children's Day, so I didn't even know that was a day. Right? You probably didn't know that was a day either. But yeah, National Missing Children Missing Children's Day. Um. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, the Canadian Center for Child Protection, uh, who Gabriel reported to, are one of the leaders for the idea of what they call naming and shaming tech companies uh, because of the cloak of silence that's been around this. What are you actually going to do to combat the problem? Well, donate money to them. You can donate money to thorn.org. I'm going to put all these things in the show notes, by the way. Um, thorn.org is a, is a nonprofit that is developing software for smaller companies to scan and detect the content, um, that are, that's found online. So we can, again, prevent, uh, harm essentially. Um, Gabriel tells Sam a story in the podcast, uh, about Lieutenant John Pizzurro, um, 
there's nine million people in the st- who, Lieutenant John Pizzurro. Basically, you're going to miss some context here, but essentially nine million people in the state of New Jersey, based upon statistics, are are looking at um, child sexual abuse online. Um, he says you can arrest about 4,000 people. So if you're keeping score at home, that's 5% of the population. 5% of the population look at child pornography online. I don't know if you knew that. 5%. Okay? When I first heard that, uh, that number was exceedingly higher than I imagined. Um, in 2013, a Twitter employee told Gabriel uh, there were gigabytes of child sexual abuse videos appearing on Vine, um, Twitter's uh, uh, video platform that I think has since been dis... Uh, what's it called? It's, is Vine a thing anymore? I don't know. They were appearing more quickly than one person could take them down. Twitter had one person to search for and, and like moderate and, and check for this content. One person was in charge of taking them down. So they were appearing more quickly than they could be taken down, uh, this content. So quoting one of Gabriel's articles, quote, police records and emails as well as interviews with nearly three dozen law enforcement officials show that some tech companies can take weeks or months to respond to questions from authorities if they respond at all. Close quote. The cops are overwhelmed because there are so many reports their first priority is identifying if a child is in danger of imminent harm. Um, so the point here is the system's flooded and all they can do is just focus on, you know, kids that are in potential danger right now, as opposed to trying to solve the issue of all the other content that's out there, all the other evidence of childhood um, sexual abuse of, you know, people who have been, doing this for a while, and those kids are now grown, right? Um, tech companies are not legally obligated to look for this content. They're not legally obligated, but they are legally obligated to report it as soon as they know about it. They can report this content, and then they are only allowed to store the imagery for 90 days. After 90 days, they have to get rid of the imagery, which makes it hard to train artificial intelligence classifiers, right? So, so AI systems, again, software that's going to scan for being able to detect this material. So again, solutions can happen so, so people can be protected. And because law enforcement is so overwhelmed, by the time they go to the tech company, many times the company has already gotten rid of the information, right? Due to that law, 90 days, right? There was a time when Tumblr was informing the people who were committing these crimes Okay, so some guy is on the internet uh, sexually satisfying himself to child rape, and Tumblr, a little pop-up message says from Tumblr is like, "Hi, this is uh, against the law. We're we're you know we're informing people that you're watching this, right? Um, this gave the criminals time to destroy the evidence, right?" Uh, tech companies like Dropbox and Amazon didn't use to scan videos to be able to uh, flag this content. But by the time Gabriel and his team published um, an article covering the matter, Dropbox said, oh, oh, we are scanning the video now. 
they started scanning in the last quarter of 2019. And what the numbers show is that of the 5,000 reports Dropbox filed to the National Center, there were over 250,000 files, the majority of which were video. So they start scanning for video. They start finding a lot of video. Amazon's cloud services handle millions of uploads and downloads every second. They don't scan for this imagery at all. They don't scan for images. They don't scan for videos. So if they don't scan, they don't find images or videos. So what did they do in 2019? How many, what did they report? Amazon reported zero images, zero videos. Of course, that's not the case, right? But they're, they know. They don't have to report if they don't find the images. So they don't look. Um, you have Apple who cannot scan their messages app uh, and they elect not to scan iCloud. By the way, um, this, I should say this podcast came out in early 2020, the making sense episode. Um, but news as of the published date of the making sense episode, uh, was released actually that the Apple's iPhone will include new tools to flag child sexual abuse. That's just a, an update. I'll, I'll link to that article in the show notes. Um, in March of 2019, Zuckerberg announced plans to encrypt Facebook messenger. Um, by the way, in case you don't know, you have secret messaging available now on Facebook Messenger. In 2018, of the 18 million-plus reports made to the National Center, nearly 12 million of those were from Facebook Messenger. In 2019, Facebook Messenger was responsible for even more, 72% of all reports made to the National Center. Um, there are an extraordinary number of people that seek this content out. Um, I don't even want, I have notes here about, I don't even want to tell the story because it's just like, (sighs) I'm not going to tell that story. Um, Again, if you want to hear all of this, then there's like a two hour, two plus hour episode about this content. Um, So we have, there's an extraordinary number of people seeking this content out. Then we have the people going on Facebook, creating a fake account. Um, posing as a 13-year-old child, friending other children, getting those children to send them an image of what is child sexual abuse, you know, whether it's self-generated or not. Um, they're, you know, this is what sextortion is, right? The adult is coercing the child into it, um, sometimes by sending that child other images of child sexual abuse that they've collected. And then as, the, as soon as the child sends them an image, they'll say, oh, actually, I'm a 25-year-old guy, and if you don't send me more images, I'm going to post this image on your Facebook wall and tell your parents. This is sextortion. Facebook knows this is a huge problem, and children are at a distinct disadvantage on Facebook. Um, there are ways to get around, you know, to, pr- to kind of prevent people from searching for children, but you can get away, you can get around that. You can search and find them more easily. Facebook could have told their users, if the, if you, if their users wanted to have encrypted um, uh, private uh, messaging, Facebook could have told their users, hey, we have WhatsApp, you know, you can go and do that if you want an encrypted secret conversation. Um, but no, they, now you can have a secret conversation to Facebook. And again, it's easier to find kids on Facebook. So that doesn't really help this problem. Now, if you're still listening, I, where are we here? Where are we? We're, we're at 20 minutes. Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you're still listening, you're probably going to keep listening. And um, the reason why I'm pausing here is because what's about to be discussed is 
absolutely horrifying and we still need to be aware that it's going on. Um, so, and again, for parents, I haven't gotten to, I don't, and maybe I could have led with this at the top, but if you're a parent listening to this, if you are a grandparent, if you, if you know someone who is a young child or someone who's responsible for caring for young children, please keep listening so that you can be aware of how to make, make a, a meaningful difference uh, and protect, protect kids, okay? So over, okay, we're going to talk about um, live streaming this, okay? Over a dozen men watching another man rape a child live on Zoom and cheering him on. Um, Gabriel tells Sam a story about this. Um, the only reason, the only reason Gabriel was able to report this case uh, out is because a Canadian undercover officer happened to be in the Zoom chat room because this was known to be a problem on Zoom, and so the police officer recorded it. The police the next day went and saved that child. Uh, when that case went to trial, the federal prosecutor, a man named Austin Barry, said that the offenders know that live streams are harder to detect and that they leave no record. And, quote, that's why they go to Zoom. It's the Netflix of child pornography, close quote. And by the way, when a child is coerced and scared, this has resulted in children abusing their own siblings, which is common. And if you want more information about this case, you can, again, go listen to the full episode because they get into more detail uh, than I am. Okay? We're almost through with this. So so how, how do we deal with this? Education and awareness. Hopefully, that's what's being done here in this episode, um, albeit somewhat fragmented. I apologize. Um, the only thing you can do is to educate your children. Uh, this is, this is really, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing from, uh, Gabriel dance. You need to sit your kids down and explain to them. Obviously, you know, you don't do the age of the child is going to influence when, when you do this, um, and, and how, how you, what you say, but sit your kids down and explain to them that they don't know who they are talking to online that they cannot assume that it's another child, that they should not be sending images of themselves. They should not be live streaming themselves. And if they do, they should feel total. This is a really important point. If they end up doing that, they need to feel totally comfortable knowing that you as their parent or caregiver would support them even if they've made that mistake, okay? As of right now, there's no tech solution to this problem. It is on the parents to educate themselves and their children on how to be aware and avoid these problems. Um, Gabriel tells a story on the show about how survivors of child sexual abuse, they have to deal every single time uh, a new... Uh, uh, someone is caught, a criminal, <laughs> is caught doing this and goes to trial, um, they get notified. You know, your content was resurfacing. So survivors have to deal with this again and again and again. 
you know, they're grown up and, and they're learning about someone watching their abuse when they were little. Um, it's just absolutely disgusting and gut wrenching and, and just horrible. Um, there, so there's a lot of great questions that are asked on the episode. You know, they, they go, Sam and, and Gabriel go into privacy implications online and how encryption should be used. And, but that's where we're going to stop here. Um, I'm going to post, uh, links in the show notes to, uh, Gabriel's articles in the New York times. Um, again, the Marshall project, the criminal justice website, um, that he started. So that's it. That's, that's it. This is a short episode. This is, I don't know. Um, feels weird calling it a public service announcement. It's just really, uh, it's really the embodiment of acting out one's values. Um, I said I would do this. It took me a long time to do it. And hopefully I have, hopefully what has been provided here is just, for those of you who aren't aware that this is happening, how it happens and how to protect kids. And hopefully this wasn't just some strung together, um, incoherent ramblings that you listeners are like, what the fuck is this guy even talking about? So I don't know. I, I, I hope, I hope it's effective. I hope you, um, look at some of these, um, organizations who are doing good work to protect this again, since there's not a solution right now. Um, and if you are interested, again, this is the abridged version. Uh, go listen to the making sense podcast. I've said that about a thousand times now, so I'm going to sign off now. Next week, uh, it's another uh, interview, and I'm excited for that guest. I'm going to keep that under wraps, sneak peek. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have that guest associated with this episode. Like I said, this episode needs to stand on its own. So thank you if you're still listening. Thank you for making it through, and um, thank you for spreading the word. Hey friends, you can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question? Call the show's hotline at 301-458-0883 and leave a message. It too could be featured on a future episode. You can get in touch with us at robinsmithshow at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The Robin Smith Show is produced by me, Robin Smith. Executive produced by Robin and Kelly Glenn Smith at Team Robley theme song by the very small the show is engineered by one of my alters games nabisco disclaimer this podcast is for general purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine psychotherapy or other professional healthcare services including the giving of medical advice note no therapist patient relationship is formed the use of this information is at the listener's own risk the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnoses or treatment Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.